Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermon. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Father, thank you for the anointing. Thank you for your presence today. God, we ask that you would just turn the revelation light on for us as we hear your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, listen, in light of having uh, Mr. Rich and Ms. Aaron with us today, I thought uh, that this would be a great opportunity for us as a church to turn our attention to our kids. And uh, so I just want to begin by quickly sharing uh, something that I read years ago. This short story that I'm about to read has had an incredible impact uh, on my life, A, as a parent, and secondly, uh, as a guy that ministers to kids, especially what I did for many years as a youth pastor. So anyways, if you can listen to this, uh, I think it'll be pretty clear where we're going today. It says this, in ancient China, the people wanted security from their enemies to the north. So they built what is known as the Great Wall of China. The wall was so high, they believed no one could climb over it, and so thick, nothing could break it down. So they settled back to enjoy their security or their safety. But during the first hundred years of the wall's existence, China was invaded three times. Not once did their enemies break down the wall or climb over it. Each time they bribed a gatekeeper and then marched right through the gates. Now, why did this happen? Really, to Rich's point this morning, uh, the Chinese were so busy relying on walls of stone that they forgot to teach character to their children. Now, listen, I don't know what comes to your mind when you hear that, but every time I think about that short story, it always reminds me of an old quote which says this, is that it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. It's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. And so with all that in mind, the foundational question for uh, us today that I kind of want to ask is this, is how can we as parents raise mentally, emotionally, and most definitely spiritually strong children who love God and possess Christ-like character? So that's what I want to unpack this morning, so let's hop in here. So... Listen, as many of you guys know, we, a handful of us here, younger couples uh, here at the church, we recently spent eight uh, weeks together going through a small group that was uh, entitled The Art of Parenting. And now over the course of these eight weeks, uh, the main verse that was repeated again and again and again was Psalms 127 verses 3 through 5. It says this, most of us in this room know it. It says, Behold, children are heritage and a gift from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed, how happy, how fortunate is the man whose quiver is filled with them. Now, if you've ever had the privilege of being a parent, then I believe you can testify that children are indeed an incredible gift from the Lord. Amen? Amen. Some of y'all didn't sound convinced, but they are, okay? So I just think as parents, man, we can all agree that there's really nothing like watching our children grow and learn new things. There's nothing like seeing our kids succeed at some endeavor that's important to them. There's, there's nothing like seeing our kids overcome the challenges that they face in this life. And, and most importantly, I think there's nothing like watching our kids encounter God in a really personal way for them. Once again, not our God, but he becomes their God. And there's something just so amazing about watching our kids display Christ-like character towards others. Can I hear an amen to that? 
Listen, it's in those moments that yeah, I think that not only cause us to be really proud of our children, uh, but they also, you know, those moments bring this unexplainable amount of joy and happiness in our hearts. And at least in, in my opinion, it's in those moments, that's the kind of peace that God is saying, that's the gift that I'm talking about in Psalm 127. But watch this. On the other hand, how many of you guys know that along with these precious gifts comes an incredible amount of responsibility? Y'all should have shouted me down right there. Now, now listen, so I'm being clear. I, I'm not talking about putting a roof over their head, putting clothes on their back, or putting food on the table. The route is, for most of us in this room, that's the easy part, right? But, but the hard part comes when we stop long enough to realize that when the psalmist actually wrote, children are a heritage from the Lord, that literally means in the original language that they belong to him. So, which means this, as parents, we are really just stewards of our kids' lives for a short period of time, right? And as stewards, we have been entrusted by God. Get get the weight of that. We've been entrusted by God with the responsibility to love, to train, to equip, to guide, and to encourage our kids. Why? So that they would be, as it says there in Psalms 127, once again, like an arrow, right? They shot accurately in the direction that God has planned for their lives, in other words, it's this, if I could say it in another way, I think as parents, we are called by God to empower our children to become all that God has destined them to be, right? Like as parents, right, we are called by God. This is a high calling. It's a holy calling, right, to empower our children, to equip our children to become all that God's destined to be. And, and that, my friend, I think is where the weight it's where the challenge and it's where the responsibility of being a parent comes into play. Can I hear an Amen. So listen, I, I don't know about you guys, and I obviously can't speak for anyone else, but, I, but it's that weight that I'm talking about there that uh, that's where I find myself wondering, man, like, am I really equipped to do this? Like, like going through all the phases, right? Like, like I, got a, I got a year old to a 15-year-old. There, there's a lot of different phases in there. Like, oh, God, am I really equipped for this, right? Like, am I doing this right? Am I striking the correct balance between this thing called work and this thing called family? Am I striking the right balance between this thing called grace and this thing called discipline, right? And that's a hundred other ways, right? Like, like, am I in tune with what's, uh, you know, where my kids' hearts are at, right? Like, as much as I need to be. And then I ask myself all the time this main question. Am I preparing my kids with the necessary tools to be successful in this life? In other words, I wonder when they leave my home, will they flourish or will they flounder? Right? Am I the only one in here that has those concerns? Right? So, so the reason I constantly find myself thinking about those things is because when you really drill down into it, I really just want to honor God and how I parent my children. That's it. Right? I want to honor Him. Right? So, so listen, before we hop into the practical piece here, if I could maybe connect another verse with what I'm talking about. The Apostle Paul said this in Ephesians 6, 4, and this thing is like jam-packed, wish we had time to break it down, but we don't, so this will have to suffice, okay? It says, and you fathers, that word fathers actually means parents as well, right? It says, do not provoke your children to wrath. In other words, don't make them resentful. But bring them up in the training and the admonition or the instruction of the Lord. Uh, Because I don't have time, let me just say this. Like, what does training and admonition really mean? It really means discipline and counsel. That's what it means. But another day. All right. So what are some of the ways we can do this? Uh, Once again, how can we, to land our foundation question again, how can we as parents raise strong children who love God first and foremost and possess godly character? 
Let me give you six quick and practical thoughts here for you, okay? And I'm not saying I've nailed all these, so y'all give me grace. Don't be judging me while I'm preaching this morning, all right? (laughs) You try five kids. That's a five-ring circus right there. All right, here we go. So anyways... So listen, I think if we want to raise strong children, we will have to, number one, and if you don't hear anything today, hear this. Number one, we will have to model it. Please listen to what Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1. He said, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. In other words, Paul says, when Timothy, when I think about you, the genuine faith that I think about, watch this, which dwelt first. Can somebody say first? Which dwelt first. Like, please don't miss those three words this morning. Which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read that verse, it is a reminder that, uh, you know, parents and grandparents are typically the primary example that children will follow. Like, don't miss that, right? So often we think that kids are just trying to imitate other kids, but when you really get down to the heart of kids, I work with kids a really, really long time. They're really just looking at mom and dad and grandma and grandpa. That's who they're looking towards, right? So, so which means this, guys, if we realize this or not, that our kids are watching our lives more than they are listening to our words. I want to say that again so it gets in us. Our kids are watching our lives more than they're listening to our words. I mean, so often it's like we live with an attitude basically that says, do what I say and not what I do. And that's sin. That's wrong. Yes, because it's confusing to a kid. Listen, I, I personally find when, when I think about this, that they're watching our lives, that we're setting an example. I, I think about that old saying, I think John Maxwell came up with it, I'm not sure. But, but we teach what we know, but we reproduce who we are. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think about that statement, man, that's like extremely sobering. Yes? So with that in mind, let me just ask you a question, and, and it's a tough one, and, and I hope you can be honest with yourself today uh, and honest before the Lord. So here's the question, is what kind of example are we passing on? Is it one of blessing or brokenness? What kind of example are we passing on to the next generation? Is it one of blessing or is it one of brokenness? Like, what's your legacy? Right? So, so like, like, let's be honest. Are we currently passing down things like bitterness? Right? Fear, lust, there's no sin in secret. <laughs> right? Insecurities, skepticism, being critical, addictions. How about a disdain for the opposite sex? In other words, if you went through a broken marriage, it's real easy to deflect that on your kids. Like little girls hate men because of that, vice versa, right? So listen to this, and you can go on with that, but are we, are we passing down an inheritance of forgiveness? Love confidence, wisdom, passion, purity, patience, faith, right? The value of family and so on. Like, what are we passing down? Like, like literally, how are we doing when it comes to our view of authority, right? How you talk about the government will say a lot, right? What are you passing down with how we handle our finances or, or how we handle conflict and so on, right? In other words, what I'm asking is are we passing down hypocrisy or are we passing down an authentic Christianity that connects real faith to everyday life? Like, what are we passing down? Because if it's correct, and please hear this, if it's correct that what walks in a parent will run in the lives of our children, then we need to take this really serious. 
So the bottom line is this, guys, is if we want to reproduce healthy, holy, confident kids who love God and possess high character, then we have to become that person first. Amen? So, so listen, if that requires uh, us needing more healing or us needing more transformation or more discipleship, then let it happen. Right, And I, I can promise you, like literally, whatever difficulty you got to go through to let Jesus change your heart and change your thinking, your future's worth it, and so is your kids. Amen? Amen. So listen, I could just say this, and then we'll move on to the second point. Like, like I think as a pastor, my hope is, is that every mom and dad in this room could, at some point, actually look at your kid in the face, eyeball to eyeball, and say these words with confidence. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, and your kids would actually believe this. That it simply says this, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Because why? Because that's what it means to model it. Amen. Listen, if we want strong kids, we must, number two, we must be willing to get our hands dirty. Must be willing to get our hands dirty. Listen, I'm often reminded um, that children don't operate real well on autopilot. And they don't operate well there. It's, uh, you ever heard Lord of the Flies? I don't know why that's coming to my mind. (laughs) But they don't operate well on autopilot, meaning this, that kids don't raise themselves. You know, I think sometimes as Christians, we kind of fall into this trap where we kind of fool ourselves thinking that, you know, that our kids are automatically going to love God and they're going to honor people because we do. But it doesn't work like that, right? In other words, if we want to see our kids be passionate about God and love God, and if we want to see them love people and honor people, then it's going to require a significant amount of intentional engagement and instruction from us as adults. In short, we got to get our hands dirty. Amen? Listen, I think if this wasn't the case, in fact, Rich quoted this a while ago, but if it wasn't the case that we didn't need to be involved like that, if it was the case that things just magically automatically happen, then God wouldn't have said this in Proverbs 22. Once again, train or direct a child in the way he should go. In other words, direct him in the path he should take. It says, and even when he is old, he will not turn from it. We can quote that, but man, how many of you guys know, let me maybe say this to you. How many of you guys know that when God penned that, if you will, that he didn't mean that that was going to be a one-time training session? Like, your boy turns five. All right, boy, sit down. Let me tell you the ways of God. Right? And you give him your quick spill, you preach at him, because parents, we're great at preaching. Right? And we preach, and we shuck a few Bible verses. We go, all right, now, go on. You you understand it now. Go read some books. Right? Like, that's not how it works. The bottom line is, listen, if we are going to obey what God is talking about here, then it's going to require our continual involvement. And if I can maybe say this, because I'm I'm not going to say this probably anywhere else, it's going to require our loving patience. Because, you know, how many times as a parent do you repeat what you've already said a thousand times? That's what we're talking about here, right? Listen, we, we know this you know, continual involvement is true because what we read in Deuteronomy chapter 6 says this. It says, listen, the Lord is our God. Hopefully that's clear. He's our God. Nobody, he, it's him, right? The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commandments that I'm giving you today. That's to our first point. In other words, it's got to happen in you first. Now, once it happens in you, watch what he says here, verse 7. It says, repeat them. What's them? The commandments, right? God's ways. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, 
Lord and when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. In other words, you need to do this constantly and consistency for them to get the point. So listen, when we're talking about uh, being willing to get our hands dirty, what, what I'm really talking about today is this. It's a word I throw out a lot, and, and I hope it doesn't lose traction with us, but we're really talking about the word intentionality, right? And I think being intentional in parenting is simply this. It's a, it's a matter of knowing uh, where we want to lead our kids. In other words, having a vision for your kids, right? And, and then just making sure that really that each day just counts in that endeavor, like, it's so easy to, to just kind of pop in there occasionally, but it's another thing. It's work, guys. It's responsible. It's a weight to be added every day, and nobody does that perfect, right? So, so, but I think when it comes to being intentional, it's really about this. It's about tackling challenges instead of running from them. Like, so often we ignore things as parents, but, man, we need to hop in there with them, and we need to help our kids through things, right? I, I think this, it's about having follow-through instead of a bunch of empty promises, and I think it's being willing to play the long game instead of always uh, reacting and being motivated by whatever's just popping up, the immediate in the moment, right? You got to have a vision. You got to stay the course. Amen? Don't shout me down, y'all. Come on. To have strong kids, it requires as adults to, number three, to be engaged, to be engaged. Listen, as, as many of us know, uh, kids often interpret the word love as time, right? And, and, and when, I say, when I say the word time, I'm not talking about this. I'm not talking about, you know, uh, mom scrolling through Instagram and dad, you know, flipping through the channels while the kid just sits on the couch. That's not time. Right, right. Listen, kids want this thing called face-to-face -face time where they actually have our undivided attention. Listen, to that point, years ago, I read this from Art Linkletter. And some of you guys may remember Art Linkletter back in the day. He was on TV and he was on the radio. And uh, weird fact, how about I found out that that man was born on my birthday and he died on my wife's birthday? Weird. Okay, just the... <laughs> I, that has no spiritual significance, don't, you know, whatever. You, you don't even, you won't even be tested on that later. Anyways, but anyways, but here's what he said. He said, I will never forget the gasp from my TV audience when I asked a six-year-old boy what he would take to heaven if he had his choice. He replied, my mother and dad, because I think they would have more time for me up there. So put this in perspective for a moment. That probably happened in the 60s, okay? Now, now compare that time period to the hectic, busy lives that we all live today. Like we talked about that a lot at the beginning of the year, right? So, so how much more do you think that that kid's statement uh, could ring true today? I think it's scary. In, in fact, about, oh God, probably almost 25 years ago, a statistic came out that said this, that the average parent spends eight minutes a day with their child, now, now I, I get it, okay? Eight minutes a day with a child. So think about all the other people who are getting more time, if it's a screen, if it's a TV, if it's their friends, uh, of who's actually influencing our children when it's our responsibility. Amen? So listen, I, I think so often, uh, the problem we run into is so often when we're with our kids, if we're being honest, uh, a lot of times we feel really ill-equipped to be able to relate with them, right? Especially if they're younger, 
right? And, and I think a lot of times when we, when we have that moment, we're tired from working all day. A lot of us are neck deep and struggling with our own issues. Or, or, or a lot of times we're just trying to figure out if we can come up for air and breathe and get a little bit of time on our own, right? Which means this, because those things are true, oftentimes our kids just get our leftovers, Right, and, and so I just want to encourage all of us in, in this, and I think this goes for grandparents as well, that men, that we would just pay attention, that we would actually see what's going on in our kids' lives beyond, how you doing today? Fine. Right, that, that we would uh, be available, that we would be approachable. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, if you want your kid to run from you, preach at them all the time, nag them all the time, they will run from you, Okay. So, so be available, be approachable, work hard on communicating. And when I say that, I really mean work hard on listening, okay? R- remember to ask how their day is going and, and do your best not to ask yes and no answered questions. Like, how did you feel about that? Listen to them, let them talk. And ultimately what I'm saying is, is, is give the time so you can build a heart connection with your kids, because at the end of the day, especially if you have a teenager or a young adult, man, I'm here to tell you that they will never respect or listen to a parent that they don't feel connected to. They just won't. Right? Right. Number four. Here we go. If we want to uh, build strong kids, then we need to establish boundaries. We need to establish boundaries. I know this isn't an easy one, but I want you to listen to this really quick. Years ago, when I was a youth pastor, it's probably 20 years ago, I remember hearing about a, a 14-year-old kid who was sitting in a small group, and when it came his time to share, he began to talk about how his parents let him make all of his own decisions. Right, 14 years old, his parents let him make all of his, all of his decisions, and part of that liberty that he had was is he didn't have a set time he didn't have a curfew uh, you know for whatever whatever time he had to be home at night and, and so the kid began to tell the other kids in the group he began to talk about how because he didn't have his driver's license uh, he was always hanging out with kids who were much older than him insinuating I'm staying out way longer than I should and I'm getting involved and I'm seeing things that I should never be seeing or getting involved in now when the kids stopped talking the other kids in the group were like oh I wish I was you Wish I had parents like that. They're all talking about how they're all jealous and all that. And when everybody finally like quietened down, that 14-year-old boy in a really dejected voice, he said this. He said, guys, you don't understand. I really want my parents to give me some rules. Sometimes, watch this, sometimes I wonder if they really love and care about me at all. Can we hear that today? Listen, I think as a parent, it it almost feels like from the moment a child uh, learns to walk that they're always pushing for more independence. Like, that's true, right? Listen, part of that is this independent piece is is a natural part of the maturation process. I I think we can't forget behind all that pushback that we can get as parents, right? All the rolling of the eyes and attitude and all that stuff. Maybe your kids don't do it. Um, but, but listen, I think inwardly, even though all that's happening on the outside, inwardly, I know this to be true, they desire boundaries, they desire standards, and yes, even rules. And the reason is, it's because those things bring this thing called, it's a great thing, it's called stability. And when a kid has stability, they feel secure and they feel confident, right? And, and so please remember, even though you, you may or they may view what you're saying is strict, at the end of the day, really what they know in their heart of hearts is mom and dad really just loves me and cares for me. Amen? 
So listen, in my opinion, I, I think when we don't establish boundaries in our homes, our kids really become confused of what is expected of them. Okay, and, and when kids are confused, it can make this one word called discipline very difficult. In fact, it can make it a whole lot harder than it needs to be, right? So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step on some toes here really quick, but, but, but here's what I'm doing in the process so you don't get offended with me. I'm stepping on my own toes too. That sounded really country. <laughs> You're like, it all sounds really country. <laughs> So, but I think this, like, if there's, a, if there's a black eye on modern-day parents, it is this. Y'all listen to me. If you got a kid under 18 years old, listen to what I'm saying. If there's a black eye on modern-day parents, it is this. It's that our kids lack an understanding of healthy boundaries, and they lack discipline. Like, I, I see that every time I pop up to the public school, when I go over to the Christian school, right? When I see sports teams, even when I go downstairs in our own church, I see that this generation is struggling with boundaries and mom and dad really aren't disciplined like they need to. Right? And I, and I just think this. Listen, as parents, guys, listen, we can't bail on discipline our children because it makes us feel uncomfortable. Like, like this spot of us that goes, well, mom and dad was too hard on me, so I won't. Well, well that is throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Like that's foolishness. Right? And so, listen, we can't bell on this once again because it makes us feel uncomfortable or because it's inconvenient because we have to stop our conversation with our friends to actually acknowledge our child. I see it all the time. Right? Or, or even this, or because it causes conflict between us and our child. And so what we'll do is we won't say anything because we just want peace. But the bottom line is, guys, if you, if you hear the point here, it's this, is that our kids don't need buddies. They need parents. Right? You know, if you can't think about what the Bible says, it tells kids to honor their father and their mother, not honor their buddies. <laughs> honor their father and their mothers. And what that means is, is that while we may want to be close, want to be friends with our child, and even though they, you know, that makes seem noble and all that stuff, uh, we got to remember at the end of the day, God has placed us as an authority in their lives. It's his structure. I mean, we are an authority in their lives. Now, now, that doesn't give us permission to be harsh or be mean or to intimidate them or beat them. It, it, that's not what it's talking about. But it does give us a position to care for them, to guide them, to instruct them, and to certainly discipline them, right? And to set boundaries around them for their own well-being. Why? Because that's what God does with us, right? So let me throw a few verses out here, and some of them may make you feel uncomfortable. It's okay. Proverbs twenty-nine, fifteen. The Bible is really not afraid to offend us, just so you know. So it says this in Proverbs 29. It says, to discipline a child produces wisdom. Where? In the child. But a mother is disgraced by an undisciplined child. Proverbs 29, 17 says, discipline your children and they will give you peace of mind. It will make your heart glad. That's what order brings. Right? Listen, Proverbs 13, 17. And I literally almost didn't put this in there. And I'll explain why in a minute. But it says this. Those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. It's always funny when, when as far as um, when I'm preparing a message, it's weird. I, you know, I, I can't really explain it. It's just the Lord. There's like points where I know people are going to struggle. Right? And, and it's weird. Like sometimes I know who's going to get offended. And so let me just say this, while I know that there's some people that really, really, really have a hard time hearing that verse, like, I just want to remind you that the same God that wrote the rest of the Bible that you say you love 
and that you believe in said that too, right? And I don't mean that in a sarcastic way. I'm just trying to remind you of that, right? And so I just think, what's going to say this real humbly here is that if it rubs you the wrong way or makes you feel uncomfortable or makes you downright mad, then maybe that's evidence that you need inner healing or there's a soul wound somewhere in your life that you just need to let Jesus fix. Amen? So, so once again, I, if that does not mean that we tie our kids to a tree and throw rocks at them. Right? But once again, there's nothing wrong with spanking a child. The Bible says it, right? And, and so once again, can that be done wrong? Yes. But can it be done right? Absolutely, okay? And so listen, this is coming from a guy who my own mother now admits, man, I whipped that boy way too much. And the reason is, is because my mom had anger issues and because everywhere I turned, she was already struggling in a thousand different areas. And so the easiest response was just to beat me. Okay, and so, so, but listen, even though I know that wasn't right, it doesn't mean that I go, let me forsake what the word of God says because of what was done to me. It just means I learn what not to do and I need to learn how, what's the right appropriate way in this moment to discipline. Is it, a, is it communication? Is it a talk? Is it grounding? Is it taking away from something? Or is it a spanking? Like, what is it? Am I making sense to y'all? So we don't have to be offended by the word. We just got to find God's heart in it. Amen? Amen. Hebrews 12 says this. says, for our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they know how. But God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful. I bear witness to that. But afterwards, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Gang, that's the goal of discipline, is that our children would learn how to live righteous lives. Amen? Amen. So I just think this, let me say this, we'll move on to our fifth point, is I think when it comes to boundaries, the best advice I can give all of us this, is we got to pray. Like we got to pray, because at the end of the day, uh, setting boundaries requires us to have discernment. It requires us to hear the heart of God. It requires us to have wisdom, and it requires us to have this thing called Courage. Right? Because discipline says it's painful. I'm convinced that's not only for the, for the guy getting it, but that's also for the person, if you love your kids, that's giving it. Right? It is painful. And, and so I just think this, the last part is the reason we need to pray is because we need this thing called consistency. Like in my mind, that is the hardest part about parenting, just being consistent. So we need God's help. Amen? The next thing our kids need from us, number five, is they need us to give them a place to belong. They need us to give them a place to belong. If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. Listen, every person is wired by God to need love, acceptance, and security. And along with those three things comes this amazing thing. It's called a desire for belonging, right? And that includes our children. In other words, you don't desire those things when you hit 25, right? From the time you're born, you desire those things. And, and let me just say this, and some of you guys heard me share this years ago when this happened, but several years ago, I, I fell into this really, really bad habit of saying what I heard my parents scream at me all while I was growing up, and it was things like this, this is my house, right? Quit standing on my couch. For me, it was quit jumping on my couch, right? Because I run and anyway, it's awesome, right? I thought I was in the Olympics. So anyways, you know, that, that's my TV, that's my table, everything was theirs, Right? And one day I was in the middle of, that's my, and the Holy Ghost jacked me up. 
right? And, and, and in my heart, here's what I heard him say. Y'all know how he can just kind of cut through the air? Yeah, he'll get you. Anyways, he said this. He said, if you don't reaffirm your kid's place in your home, then how can you ever expect them to feel safe, secure, and loved? And then he said this. If you're a family, then it means this is our home. It's our couch. It's our TV. And I started changing my vernacular. Why? Because I wanted this is ours, and this is how we want to treat the things that God has given us. Right? Am I making sense? So, so I just think that in the midst of all of our setting of boundaries and discipline, man, we can't forget to provide our kids with a home that they know that every time they walk through those doors, they feel safe and they belong, no matter how old they get. Right? And so let me just throw this out there. This is free. But I have a friend that says this uh, repeatedly. She says that rules without relationship leads to rebellion. Rules without relationship leads to rebellion. And so that's really what we're talking about here, that even in the midst of, of having boundaries and all of that, man, you still got to have relationship. In fact, if I can throw this out there, as I, as I think sometimes we underestimate uh, the importance of just having fun with our kids. Right? I, I have to be careful because I'm the kind of guy that goes, we have a free moment, yard work. <laughs> right? Like, like I... Like, I understand why all those old families had, like, 9, 10, 11, 12 children. <laughs> free labor, right? Anyways, it's, it's awesome. It's not really free because you got to feed all those things. But anyways, um, I did just call my kids things. But anyways, so sometimes I have to go, you know what, let me put a hold. Bottom line, who cares if the grass needs to be cut this moment? Let's go have fun. Right? And what happens is, is when a kid starts laughing with you, guess what? At some point, they'll cry with you when they're hurting. In other words, if they can get vulnerable there, they'll get vulnerable with you there. Amen? That's free. Amen. Number six, the last thing I think that needs to happen is we need to invite the village in. It's the only way I know how to word it. Everybody, we've all heard the saying that it takes a village, right? And so, listen, just kind of from the onset of this message, like I realize that not every person in this room this morning, you know, has biological children and not every person in this room, uh, you know, still has kids at home. In other words, your kids are grown, they're out of the house. But whatever that case may be, I, I would like to simply remind every single one of us that in some shape, some form, right, if either we're a parent in the room, right, a grandparent, aunt, uncle, whatever, uh, friend, neighbor, or you just simply belong to this church, that this is your church family, that all of us have kids around us. In fact, there'll probably be somewhere around 100 kids in the building today, okay? And, and, so, and so at the end of the day, I just think this, that you and I, by just being in the proximity of those kids, guess what? That we have a privilege and we have a divine responsibility to have influence into their lives, right? Like, like, that, like we have that. So, in other words, what I'm trying to say, y'all, listen, that, that we don't have the right with, from God to walk into the building and stay in our holy huddle and then leave. Like, that's not the way biblical community works. Right? And, and so, I just think this is that even though, uh, you know, I know that raising strong kids that love God and got strong Christ-like character, even though I know that begins at the home, some point that's got to make its way outward once again into partnership, right? Like we were talking, like he was talking earlier, partnership into the biblical community. Like that has to happen, right? And, and so I'm going to say this to you today. If you're, if even if you're single in here, you don't have a kid, right? If you're a young guy, young gal, 
or if you're uh, older, right, and enjoying retirement, I, I just simply want to encourage you to break out of your comfort zone there a little bit, right, and, and do your best to engage where you can, right, do what you can and make all the difference that you can. Because I just think this, man, you'll never know how much God wants to use you in the next generation's life if you're not willing to jump in, right? And so by all means, I'm saying this as, as yes, pastor, but as a, as a as a father in the room, okay? Because there's a handful of people in here that I can easily go point out in here that have made tremendous impact in my children's lives. Like, we wouldn't have time for me to talk about, like, how awesome people have been here with my kids, right? But, but I just think this, if I can just say for all of us parents, man, man, by all means, model it. Like, model this Jesus thing in front of our kids, right? Come with us, man. Get your hands dirty with us, Right? engage with our children and yes i think this even that every time you see them here or out and about make them feel like they belong if i can maybe stress this i think a lot of churches miss this do y'all understand that how many ever kids are downstairs right now that this is this their church just as much as it is yours right like there's no pecking order and who's more important around here like it doesn't matter if you the biggest giver here i'm telling you that baby in the nursery is just as important as you Right? So we need to understand that from a kingdom perspective. Amen? So, so let me say this, and I'll be done. I, I just think for all you veteran parents around here, meaning the people who aren't perfect, but, but you did a good job, right? Like, I just think, man, uh, us, like we're looking for role models. Bottom line, li- listen, in that parenting class, there was this section that said role models. And I literally looked at my wife. I don't know who to write down. I got people on call. I probably, there's probably some that I'm just not realizing. But, but I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty relational person. And I'm, I'm a kind of guy that doesn't mind going after people and asking a thousand questions. Right? Like I've wore plenty of you out. Right? Uh, you know, but what about those who are quiet and they'll never say anything? Like what do they write down? Right? And I just think, man, it's like, We are looking, the younger generation is looking for people to help us fill in the gaps. We're looking for people to come and throw an arm around us and go, man, you got what it takes. You can do this. We're looking for people to come alongside of us and say, you know what, here's a little bit of wisdom for you. Not like, oh, let me tell you what to do. I saw your child running through the church. (laughs) Listen, if if you come like that, stay where you're at, please. Okay? Because if we could rewind and watch your little Jimmy, he was probably doing it too. Amen? All right, so, so I, we don't need judgment, okay? But, but I am saying this, man. If you're, if you're sitting back waiting for us to invite you in, you're missing it. Like, why don't you lead the way? You got more time. We're chasing children, <laughs> right? And say, you know, what, I, you know what? Hey, you guys want to come over? You, you know, whatever. You want to go grab lunch? You want to go to the park? Hey, you got to, like, all I'm saying is just get connected, Get involved. Why? Because it's a biblical thing to do. Amen? I promise you that those people in the receiving end will be very grateful, and I think you'll be probably more blessed by it. Amen? Amen. You can stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Can I pray for you all? I was going to anyways. I'm glad. Listen, I know some of that is, isn't real, you know, easy to hear. It's kind of truthfully, it's just... Uh, if I'm being honest with you, that's like taking, that's like me inviting you into the brain of Quentin's self. Like, that's what just kind of rolls, right? Like, that's the stuff I think about, right? Because, because I'm in that, 
ditch, if you will, you know, with my kids. I'm in that life all the time. And so, anyways, I, I just know that if I'm in that spot, then there's got to be other people in that spot. And sometimes we need encouragement. Sometimes we need a kick in the butt. Amen? So I want to pray uh, for the parents here, but also just want to pray for everybody here that's here that's just like, man, you're grandparents and you're awesome, right? And, and maybe God wants you to engage in some way. Can y'all smile at me? It's not that bad. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today, God, that you love children. God, we thank you, God, that you said in your word, God, that children are gifts from you, that they're an actual reward. But Lord, we recognize today, God, that just as it said there in Psalm 127, that we have a responsibility to launch our kids into this world so that they can be a part of the Great Commission and so they can be a part of your plan and your purpose of what you have on this earth. And so, Father, today, just us as parents, those that are still in the mix daily with our kids, God, we're just asking for wisdom from heaven today. God, we're asking for encouragement. God, we're asking for insight. God, we're asking for discernment. Father, we're asking, God, that you would help us in Jesus' name to know our kids and to know their hearts and and to even be able to have your eyes and see them through your eyes. God, so often it's so easy to focus on what's not working that we forget what is working. And Lord, we forget to praise them. We forget to encourage them. And so, Lord, we're just simply asking, God, that you would give us the view of heaven for our kids today. And Father, that you would empower us God, to encourage them, God, in Jesus' name. And so, Lord, for all of uh, just everybody in the room today, God, youngest to oldest, Father, you've called us to biblical, biblical community. God, you've called us to walk together and to do life together. And, Lord, I'm just asking, God, that you would deposit in every single one of us just ways that we can engage, just ways that we can be a part. And so, Father, you have given every one of us different gifts, different abilities. God, you've given us different personalities and different strengths. And so, God, I'm just asking, God, that you would begin to marry, God, the older generation to the younger generation in a way that only you can. It has to be you. You're a generational God. And, God, you commanded us to tell it to the next generation. And so, Lord, I only know that that happens, God, through relationship. And so, Lord, would you come and do what only you can do in our hearts today? And so, Lord, I'm asking God, last, God, just if there's anybody in this room today that they have a wayward son or a wayward daughter, God, that's running from you, Lord, we as a family together just pray, God, that you would arrest them exactly where they're at. Father, that you would capture their heart. God, that you would reveal who you are to them in a real way. God, that their eyes would be open, their ears would be open, their hearts would be open. God, so that they can have a true living encounter with you and that they would walk with you all the days of their lives. And so, Lord, thank you, God, once again, for hearing our prayers. Thank you for your word, God, that it does return void. We bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.